strong. Ash. Bone. And sickle. Bleeding saints and forest witches. The past unburied. The books unsealed. The old celebration returning. Hello and welcome to my study. Come in, uh, have a seat. As always, I'd like to introduce the uh, gentleman to my right, my valet, Wilkinson. He uh, assists with our show by pulling the uh, reference materials from the shelves and reading uh, any passages that uh, require quoting. Pleased to meet you. So to jump right into our mailbag segment, uh, you want to explain it, Wilkinson? Yes, Mr. Reidenauer will be answering questions submitted via the website. The details are all there, including the rules for submission. Yes, uh, the rules are important. So. Mailbag. Okay, I am reaching into the mailbag now to select the uh, one special question. Here we go. You read it. Of course. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Reidenauer, I have a question, but it's not exactly original. It's the question they always ask at the end of the Monster Talk podcast. I've always wanted to turn the question around on Blake and ask him Wait, so I could... Why are we talking about another podcast? Well, he does bring it back around to our show, if we just read on. Go ahead, but we're not here to resolve his issues with Monster Talk. No. i just like the question to be relevant, you know? If he wants to ask Blake a question, he should just man up and ask it. Go ahead. So, I thought it might be a good question for you, too. That is, what is your favorite monster? Monster? Well, there's more. Or in your case, just to make it interesting, maybe I should ask, what is your favorite monster other than Krampus or Pershton or ones in your book? Well, the Krampus is more like a friend. I mean, after all these years, well... Maybe not a friend, but a working relationship. It can't be both. You have to know when to draw the line. Yes, sir, but from among other possible choices, as he says. Oh, I don't know. It's like picking your favorite child or employee. You... only have one employee, sir. That's why it's a bad question. Anyway, I don't like this twisting my arm to decide. My choice would change depending on what I'm researching that week. Should we just say the nightmare then, sir, since that's the topic for the current show? Say whatever you want. That's the end of it then? Well, no. He does go on to ask. Well, he also asks what my choice would be. Yours? Yes, sir. Oh, well... Very well. Very nice of him to uh, see that you're included. We should send him a t-shirt. 
We never made any t-shirts. We talked about it. The shirts can wait. Uh, what's your answer? Mm. Ah, God. <sighs> oh, what was the name? Um, we don't need shirts. People have enough shirts. But the, the name of the creature appearing on the ship. This needs to be your answer. I'm not butting in. The name, though, it appears during storms, but the name was impossible. It was German. Yes. Club Ottoman. I guess Club Ottoman would be your answer then. Did you want to add anything? Well, no. I just recall finding that one interesting somehow. Maybe it was the old etching you found showing it on deck? Yeah, during a storm. Yes. People have all sorts of reasons for choosing things. Uh, so, Club Ottoman uh, for Wilkinson and the Nightmare for me. There you go. And I'm sorry you don't have any t-shirts, but uh, you'll be the first to hear when we do. I assure you, we can only do so much. And so, episode 26, Lullabies and Nightmares. So I am your host, Al Reidenauer, and this show, Bone and Sickle, explores the intertwining of horror and folklore in a historical context. I started the show as a way to further explore this uh, particular area of intersection after writing my book, The Krampus and the Old Dark Christmas. Uh, Bone and Sickle is made possible exclusively through the generosity of our Patreon donors, and I'll have more details on all that at the end of the show. This song is something I uh, should have actually included in our previous episode on Mothers Who Kill, and uh, it's also what got me started on uh, today's topic. It's a rather dark Icelandic lullaby alluding to a well-known ghost story in Iceland uh, about a mother who secretly gives birth, swaddles the child in rags, and abandons it. Later, on the eve of a special dance, the uh, mother is fretting that she has nothing suitable to wear for the occasion. While uh, milking the sheep, she hears the dead child's voice issuing from beneath the floorboards of the sheep pen. Mother mine, in the sheep pen, you need not be so sad. You can wear my cast-off rags so you can dance and dance. Upon hearing the child's voice, the mother immediately goes insane. Dark lullabies are uh, far from uncommon. Even our familiar English song about a bow breaking and a baby taking a tumble is uh, one of these. Um, some have suggested that such songs evolved as a way for mothers to uh, verbalize unspoken fears while in private with their child. This uh, preoccupation with terrors that come by night also happens to be shared with another bedtime ritual, evening prayers, as we'll see 
later in the show. So uh, here's another lullaby from Iceland featuring an unnamed terror that comes by night. The opening lines set the stage describing a dark and ominous winter night and then this refrain recurs. My little friend, I lull to rest, but outside a face looms at the window. A face looms at the window. For our ancestors, the nightmare was not merely an unpleasant kind of dream, but an actual creature that visited sleepers at night. The mare, or mara, a word that came into English with the Saxons. All Germanic languages use a similar word, as do many languages outside this uh, linguistic family, suggesting a common derivation from the even older Indo-European sound-alike word, meaning to crush or smash. And this is what the mare is said to do, to sit upon or ride the sleeper, pinning him in his bed with crushing weight. And no, none of this has anything to do with female horses. If these are hallucinations, Kate, then how come we all see her? Mara is real, and she's killed before. This uh, folkloric Mara creature has even figured into a number of horror films recently, like the 2018 film by that name, which uh, we're hearing. Mara is real, and she's killed before. And there's more than a bit of Mara in the uh, 2011, very purposely named, uh, Swedish horror film, Marianne. I saw Sandra on the score of Ruten. Freddy Krueger's dream attacks on Elm Street have been a horror staple since 1984. But the last decade has brought more nightmares than usual, with demons visiting sleepers uh, in 2010's Insidious and sinister dream presences haunting 2016's uh, Dead Awake and uh, Before I Wake, uh, as well as 2017's uh, films uh, Slumber and Don't Wake. The night. Wake up the night. You open your eyes, but you can't move. All of these victims reported seeing someone on top. Something's holding you down. You know something's in the room with you. A demon that has existed since man first something in the room with us. The head can paralyze your body, but not your mind. But his whole body is paralyzed. It paralyzes the child. Sleep paralysis. Or crushing it. Something evil. The medical condition known as sleep paralysis is now rather well-known and widely discussed as an explanation for all this folklore, so I don't feel a need to detail that perspective here, but I will share a similarly uh, physiologically oriented explanation already put forward way back in 1584. The mare is engendered of a thick vapor proceeding from the crudity and rawness in the stomach, which ascending up into the head oppresseth the brain, insomuch as many are much enfeebled thereby, as being nightly haunted therewith. The passage is not from an early medical text, but the book The Discovery of Witchcraft. Uh, discovery here meaning uh, uncovering or exposure, as it's a uh, partially skeptical take on matters. 
The mare is uh, strongly associated with witches, as suggested by our more colorful name for uh, sleep paralysis, that is uh, Old Hag, or better, uh, Night Hag Syndrome. Uh, better, um, as the word hag originally had no particular connection to age, but simply meant witch, young or old. In the early Middle Ages, the word appeared in Middle English, derived from the uh, German Hagsisa or Hagatsusa, a now archaic uh, German word for witch. And I'm uh, offering uh, sort of detailed etymologies here, in part as an excuse to promote the uh, excellent new German folk horror film Hagatsusa, which I would heartily recommend to those who enjoyed Robert Eggers' 2016 film The Witch, with uh, the caveat that it's a bit heavier on uh, brooding atmosphere than character-driven plot. Not to say that there aren't some uh, truly disturbing moments uh, amid all the uh, historic gloom. So, the mare, as you've probably gathered, tends to be female, though it needn't always be. An early written reference to the mare occurs in the uh, Norse Ilinga saga in 1255, a uh, retelling of a story dating to even earlier centuries. Uh, there, uh, a mare attacks a king unfaithful to his wife, and his men witness the attack. They sprang up and would help him, but when they came to his head, she trod on his feet so that they were nigh broken. Then they resorted to the feet, but then she smothered the head so that he died there. This is said to be the work of a witch, but it's unclear if she sends a mare to do her bidding or transforms herself into one. Usually the mare, like a werewolf, is a nocturnal form assumed by a human. Uh, this human could be a witch acting intentionally, or a human, perhaps uh, through a witch's curse, unwittingly becoming a mare during sleep, and uh, usually remaining oblivious to their uh, astral adventures. People with eyebrows meeting in the center, uh, with red hair or certain deformities, were particularly likely to become mares. The mare itself could appear in a frightening human or monstrous form, but in order to disguise itself, uh, to travel discreetly, or to slip through small passageways unobserved, it could take the shape of a butterfly, a cat, a mouse, or bird. And this creature could sometimes be observed emerging or returning to the mouth of its uh, human host. Now, this is a common motif in Germanic folklore, when it comes to the spirit leaving the sleeping body for some sort of uh, adventure. And there are many tales in which uh, the body is moved, or for another reason, the uh, spirit creature can't make its way back to its host, who then dies. The mirror could also become an inconspicuous object hiding in plain sight, like a needle or a straw or a pitchfork. Баю, баюшки, баю, не ложися на краю, придет серенький волчок и ухватит за бачок. And now, as a bit of a musical break, another lullaby, a Russian song called Bayu Bayushki Bayu. Uh, the title is just nonsense syllables, but the uh, oh-so-soothing refrain to this one uh, translates as... 
not lie down near the edge of the bed. The gray wolf will come. He'll grab you by your tiny side and drag you to the forest. It goes on a number of verses enumerating exactly where in the forest uh, the wolf may drag you, a willow, a raspberry bush, and so on. But that doesn't really matter. I just think it creates a nice atmosphere for our discussions. And as usual, uh, you can find links to all these songs in the uh, show notes on our website. Another night-visiting creature spoken of further south in Germany rather than uh, the north in Scandinavia is called an Alp. Like the mare, it alights upon sleepers producing bad dreams, but it's more likely to be male than the mare, which is usually female. Alp is a variation of the uh, older German word for elves, Elbe, uh, from which we get our English word, elves. One fairly definitive aspect assigned to elves in medieval lore was their association with certain uh, mysterious ailments, uh, for instance, um, attributing any sudden inexplicable pains to being elf shot or assailed by their invisible arrows. So uh, it's not really that surprising that another mysterious ailment, troubled sleep, would also be attributed to them, with uh, elf dreams uh, being the literal translation of Altraum, which is the German word for nightmare. Along with tormenting sleepers, the Alp-like fairies or elves was also sometimes said to braid or snarl the hairs of sleepers or the manes and tails of horses sleeping in their stalls. And they would also steal horses to race them about all night so they would be found in their stalls the next morning exhausted and sweating. Alpa, which is the plural of this creature of the Alp, uh, might also be uh, blamed for other uh, farmyard pranks like uh, stealing or souring or drying up the uh, milk from the cattle or killing animals like geese particularly in their sleep. And this was caused by the Alp pressing on the livestock in their sleep just as they did with sleeping humans. Another aspect of the Alps' nighttime visits, lending a sort of uh, vampiric quality, was its habit of sucking either blood or milk from the breasts of women, uh, pregnant or not, and uh, men and children as well. Uh, this notion was taken so seriously that it was occasionally even used by uh, women who'd mistakenly and secretly become pregnant uh, to explain their lactation. The third name for a Germanic creature that presses the sleeper and causes nightmares is the uh, Truda or Druda. Like the previously mentioned Alp or Mare, this creature also uh, could assume the form of a small animal as it left its sleeping host. Um, this is visualized in the recently released film, A Field Guide to Evil. It's uh, an anthology film of uh, folkloric horror stories, which features a segment called, at least in its uh, German release, Die Truda, in which you'll see this uh, Truda spirit exit uh, the host's mouth in the form of a mouse. And while this is all satisfyingly authentic in terms of the folklore, I would only recommend uh, A Field Guide to Evil for its final segment, which is really quite wonderful. The uh, Druda is uh, particularly associated with witchcraft, and the word becomes largely synonymous with witch in the uh, 16th century. In uh, Jacob Grimm's 1838 Dictionary of the German Language, you can find 
all manner of uh, compound words using uh, Dura in this sense, like uh, Dura dance and Dura night uh, for Walpurgisnacht, or uh, Dura combined with the uh, word for small bird as a uh, regional term for butterfly, as it was in this form particularly that the uh, nocturnal spirit would uh, fly about. Drudenfuss, or uh, Druden's uh, foot, is also sometimes still used as a word for pentagram, and uh, this shape was deemed a particularly useful motif to uh, paint or carve on cradles to protect the uh, sleeping newborn from night hags or witches generally. I'll post a photo of an antique uh, pentagram adorned Austrian cradle on the website so you can share with friends you'd like to uh, startle or amuse. Before we move on to a discussion of how the night hags can be repelled or defeated, I'm going to insert a bit of another lullaby here, another Russian one, called uh, Tilly Tilly Bom. Uh, also a nonsense title, but with verses like this. Close your eyes soon. Someone walks outside the window and knocks on the door. Tilly Tilly Bum. The night bird screams. He has already sneaked into the house. To those who cannot sleep, he is coming. He is already close. Tilly Tilly Bum. A perfectly soothing lullaby, no? the uh, Drudenfuss or the pentagram is uh, not the only instrument uh, employed against the night hag. Uh, hanging a horseshoe or something made of iron or an iron tool like a scythe or knife with a sharp edge facing outward is also commonly suggested. Uh, a hag stone called a mare stone in Scotland and a Drudenstein in southern Germany is a stone with a naturally occurring hole in the center uh, commonly regarded as effective in repelling these creatures. One of the most common suggestions was that shoes left next to the bed should be positioned with toes pointing to the door. Also common was the imperative of uh, stopping up any small holes or chinks through which the hag might slip while in its uh, smaller traveling form. A superstition from northern Germany, which I believe also applied in Scotland and England, involved uh, plucking a hair from the head of the person who is to be protected and uh, fixing it to a fence post. There, it will serve as a sort of bait for the uh, hag who will confuse the hair with the uh, actual human victim intended. I also found a sorcerer to mentioning pillows made of wool for donkey fur, and uh, Jacob Grimm mentions horse heads, birds of prey, or magpies nailed up near the uh, sleeper as protection, which uh, sounds unpleasant. Now, once the hag has already gained access to the sleeper, strategies involve trapping it by closing up any hole by which it may have entered, or seizing hold of it with a glove 
that has been inherited. Another way to defeat hags was to call out the name of the one who had sent it, causing it to return to that uh, human form. In one tale from Germany, a sleeper under attack by the hag calls out to his beloved to come help him, only to see the hideous creature resolve into the form of his lover. As in werewolf tales, the human host of the hag can be identified by uh, cutting or otherwise injuring the creature during its nocturnal attack, so that uh, when the host awakens in human form, these otherwise inexplicable injuries will uh, betray its identity. And there's one other uh, oddly ambitious way to entrap the mare. Uh, here is uh, one such tale recounted in an 1851 book by Bernhard Bader, a collection of legends from uh, Germany's Black Forest region. A cabinet maker in Buell slept in a bed in his workshop. Several nights in a row, something laid itself onto his chest and pressed against him until he could hardly breathe. After talking the matter over with a friend, the next night he lay awake in bed. At a stroke of twelve, a cat slipped in through a hole. The cabinet maker quickly stopped up the hole, caught the cat, and nailed down one of its paws. Then he went to sleep. The next morning, he found a beautiful naked woman in the cat's place. One of her hands was nailed down. She pleased him so much that he married her. One day, after she had borne him three children, she was with him in his workshop when he said to her, Look, that is where you came in. And he opened the hole that he had stopped up until now. The woman suddenly turned into a cat, ran out through the opening, and she was never seen again. Another defense against the night hag is a charm to be recited before bed to redirect the creature's focus. Uh, here's an example from the region near Hanover, Germany. I lay me here to sleep. No nightmare shall plague me until they swim all the waters that flow upon the earth and count all the stars that appear in the firmament. Thus, help me, God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be familiar with this uh, curious uh, folkloric motif of compulsory counting of impossibly large quantities uh, from superstitions attached to vampires, namely the uh, practice of filling the undead's coffin with millet seeds or grains of sand, so that each of these must be counted before the creature can rise from his grave. Examples of this type of counting charm against the hag can be found further north in Scandinavia, including a Swedish charm compelling the uh, creature to lick all the leaves of all the trees. A particularly common version further south in Germany, uh, compelling the creature to climb all the mountains and count all the posts in all the fences. It's called the uh, Totenkopf charm, with uh, Toten as a dialectical version of the word Tuta and uh, Kopf for head, appended for uh, whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, interestingly, this charm made its way to America with the uh, Pennsylvania Germans, or Dutch as they're called. And um, Owen Davies, a researcher on the intersection of magic and medicine, reports that uh, upholsters in uh, Pennsylvania sometimes still find the uh, Totenkopf and other handwritten charms hidden within antique furniture they are refurbishing. 
If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to save. In our final segment, I want to talk about another way of defeating the terrors that come by night, namely bedtime prayers, which are themselves a kind of a spoken charm. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. This uh, well-known prayer, which first appeared in America in uh, 1687 in the uh, New England Primer, a widely used school book, uh, certainly seems innocent enough. But by the end of our program, I will have teased out some surprising historical associations more in line with the uh, darker subject matter of this show. The Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep prayer, because of its emphasis on uh, safely burying the uh, supplicant's soul to heaven, is understood to be derived from, and as sometimes said in combination with, another older prayer. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, guard the bed that I lay on, four corners to my bed. Four angels round my head, one to watch, one to pray, and two to bear my soul away. Variations of this prayer can be found in France, Italy, Portugal, and Spain, and uh, versions from German-speaking lands appearing as early as uh, 1655 tend to add more than uh, four angel guardians, as in uh, the traditional verse incorporated into Engelbert Humperdinck's uh, 1893 opera, Hansel and Gretel. The uh, Abendsegen, or Evening Blessing song you are hearing, mentions a grand total of 14 angels. But uh, back to England and the English version of this uh, prayer. Um, in an uh, amusing account uh, from an 1865 issue of Oxford University's Notes and Queries, a folklorist recounts trying to track down something known as the Hog Prayer, only to be informed by a local farmer. It is a blunder, he said. They mean the Hag Prayer, or prayer to keep away the old witches or hags. And he told me it is not uncommonly used by the superstitious to this day. The prayer, of course, reveals itself to be the very same one we are discussing. This prayer was also said to have been ritualistically employed by witches, or those we might call cunning folk or wise women. In uh, Thomas Ady's 1655 book, a Candle in the Dark, a treatise concerning the nature of witches and witchcraft, an abbreviated version is quoted. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the bed be blessed that I lie on. The author reports that a witch in Essex, known to use the prayer nightly, exhibited great longevity, having survived since the reign of Mary Tudor, making her perhaps uh, 100 years old at the time. Eighty refers to the prayer as Popish charm, which helps to explain how a Christian prayer could be associated with witchcraft, uh, thanks to uh, the Protestant willingness to write off any folk traditions associated with Catholic ritual as witchcraft. 
in another book written by Protestant author George Sinclair in 1685, Satan's Invisible World Discovered, the same prayer is identified by another name, uh, one that became firmly attached. The Black Paternoster. Paternoster, or the uh, Our Father, is uh, here a sort of generic term for a prayer. There is also a similar blessing called the White Paternoster, first mentioned in uh, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales and the Miller's Tale. And this version has a verse about shutting hell's gates to ban demons and opening heavens to invite protective angels. Use of the Black Paternoster, along with other acts of alleged witchcraft, were part of the confession extracted from Agnes Sampson, one of the defendants accused of calling storms against the ship of James I when he sailed from Denmark with his new bride Anne in 1591. The four angels stationed at the bed's four corners in the Black Paternoster are often related by scholars to the uh, four angels called upon toward the end of the evening Shema or prayer traditionally recited by Jews. In the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, may Michael be at my right hand, Gabriel at my left, Uriel before me, Raphael behind me, and the Shekinah of God above my head. This formulation appears in rabbinic literature by the 9th century, but it is likely much older, as the uh, Angels on Four Sides uh, formula, or something like it, has also been found on artifacts uh, that date to the 6th century, namely uh, as inscriptions on incantation bowls, also called demon bowls or devil trap bowls, uh, the last, which uh, better describes their deployment as they were buried open side down under homes and inscribed with... Uh, spiraling text believed to draw in and hold demons that uh, might otherwise assail the home's occupants. This uh, Semitic call to uh, four protective powers has been traced by some scholars all the way back to the 6th or 5th century BCE to the uh, Babylonian captivity of the Hebrew people, during which uh, Judaism absorbed certain influences of their host country. And there are certain parallels with the Jewish angels on four sides formula in uh, Babylonian magic. In section 16 of the uh, cuneiform texts of Babylonian tablets in the British Museum, a work dedicated to describing and combating evil spirits, one finds this incantation. Shamash before me, Sin behind me, Nergal to my right, Ninib to my left. The god Shamash is the deity holding dominion over the east, Sin, the west, Nergal, the south, and Ninib, the north. And if these calls to protective powers guarding the four cardinal points sound familiar to any neo-pagans out there, you can thank the influence of the 19th century occult group, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, whose lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, Before me, the great archangel, Behind me, the great archangel Gabriel. has gone on to become a standard opening rite to prepare a space for most any magical working to this day, a ritual which uh, owes at least a small debt to uh, Jewish Kabbalah, if not the prayers of ancient Babylonians. 
And with that, as promised, uh, we've brought our innocent little children's prayer all the way to its polar opposite in the occult and bring our episode to a close. I pray the Lord my soul to save. Mother tucks you in and kisses you goodnight and leaves you in the nice friendly darkness. Darkness, dark, 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 dark. I hope everyone's been enjoying these shows you put out and that you uh, might have the opportunity to uh, share episodes with friends. We uh, particularly appreciate reviews as these are the best way to raise the show's visibility on Apple Podcasts and other outlets. If you've uh, left a review, by all means, let me know and we'll give a little shout out. Our website, boneandsickle.com, provides links to our Facebook group and Twitter along with show notes rich with imagery and uh, video links to uh, film trailers and clips and music used in the program. Music and sound design otherwise are all original for this show. You can also find our donor link on the website. Patreon members have a choice of rewards including exclusive access to extra elements that go into the making of the podcast, uh, digital downloads of rare books used in the preparation of the show, the episode soundscapes you hear in the background, and my Krampus book, as well as a signed 8 by 10 photo of Wilkinson, suitable for framing and adulation. Donation levels begin at $1 a month, and your support via Patreon is the sole support that pays for the more than 100 hours of work that goes into each episode. Special thanks to Darren Dumez, uh, John Winter Holt, Dr. Green Chicken, Marjorie Brockman, and Eddie Crashtest for becoming new patrons. This show is written and produced by me, Al Reidenauer. Wilkinson is played by Rick Gallagher. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>